Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm striking, da-na-na-na-na, like Thunderball, which was directed by Terrence Young in 1965. It has an 87% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 73% audience score. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about this boring slog of a film, Thunderball? I mean, I'm Alex. And this week we're we're talking about Thunderball? I'm getting it out of the way. <laughs> I got it all out of the way. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Um, I was expecting you to hate it, so this is actually kind of good news. <laughs> uh, is this going to be the only time I'm ever higher on a James Bond movie than you are? Possibly. Aren't, aren't you... <laughs> Well, now I I, don't I think know. some of the Craig movies we we I can't remember because because like Skyfall you might have been higher on than yeah me. probably although I think I changed my grade for that I could be wrong we're already looking at the scores yeah you changed it so we're on the same level now all right anyways <laughs> best thing and worst thing about Thunderball. about about Thunderball we anyway got... here's Thunderball I think you should start with the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, this is uh, it's we'll, we'll incredible. Talk we'll talk about that. I can't remember how it goes. Like all I all I can if I try and like replicate it, all I can think of is going Goldfinger, but with Thunderball instead. <laughs> I, I know it's I know it's a deeper voice, but like the actual melody of the of him saying it, I, I can't. I can't. And he it. strikes, da-na-na-na-na, like Thunderball. Oh, yeah, because it's very, it's very, like, operatic. He's like, yeah. Thunderball! Yeah, and then at the end, he holds the note for, like, 45 <laughs> seconds. And like I said Glorious. in the last episode, it's Tom Jones. Apparently, he, he went unconscious because, you know, because it was such a tough note to hold. It's like the dude from The Grinch singing the James Bond theme. Yeah. Um, I like Tom Jones. Pretty good. Yeah. He's in Mars Attacks. We should watch Mars Attacks. You know, that's a, that's a fun movie. It's got Pierce Brosnan in it. There's a Bond connection. My best thing about Thunderball. I don't want to talk about this uh, movie. <laughs> I think it might actually be the look of the movie. Okay. Um, there's. I feel like there's a very distinct departure in sort of the lighting in the, the, the shots for this movie. Uh, from the the last three, they changed the type of cameras. Yeah, um, it looks it, more. It, it looks more cinematic. Exactly. Yes, it, it feels kind of bigger in scope. Um, it makes the movie feel a little more grounded, even though it's kind of a nonsensical movie, and, and there's lots of bizarre things happening. Um, yeah, you know, it, it it does kind of I think add a little bit of weight to the movie, the way that they shoot it, the way it's directed. Um, in general, I I kind of felt like with the last three, there was a lot of. We're sitting the camera here. We got a room. We got a door on one side. Person walks into the room. They have a conversation. Person leaves the room. Um, and it was kind of almost like television shooting in a lot of ways. For for I mean, obviously the action scenes they they would mix it up for that. But a lot of the dialogue was shot that way, where it was just sort of you know we've got the um, the we're, we've cut out the wall and we're looking through, and then we're just sort of watching people have conversations like that. Right. Um, this one. I feel like they they do a lot more to mix up and make it more kind of energetic and engaging. Uh, you know, there's the uh, sometimes it's kind of silly why they, why they do it that way, but it is. Sometimes. I mean, it just 
It was a fa- no. I'm I'm saying there are moments where I legitimately was like, oh, that was a cool way of shooting that conversation. Yeah. There are other moments where I was like, this is a cool way of shooting this. It doesn't make any sense, but it's cool. Um, by which I mean the debriefing scene they have with all the agents where they're in this church, and they're like, is it technically a church? I don't. I don't church, know what the location is supposed to the be. The architecture looks like a church. I'm just yeah. going off it, but yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I, some sort of like big ceremonial hall. Um, and there's like. They're like fifty feet away from the desk with uh, M and uh, and the, the home other, secretary. The home, or yeah, all the all the the We're government not British. All the all the agents are just sitting like way in the back and like yeah, <laughs> they're in like a weird art. It's just like, can you even hear him? Uh, but the, but the way that the, that it looks like it's a cool it's a cool set and the you know they they make it this big sweeping area. Yeah. Um. Lots of interesting architecture, I would say, in the way that the, you know, a lot of the sets, like the uh, the Palmyra set, um, I, I just, I felt like there was a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of weird editing, and <laughs> we'll talk about that. Oh, boy. Um, the editing is incredibly strange, but uh, in terms of the actual kind of directing and maybe the production, um, I, I like the look of the movie. I like the feel of the movie uh, quite a bit. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Taking a swig of water for dramatic effect. Uh, my worst thing. Oh, is it because this this movie is water based? Are you sure? Going, are you going yeah. for a Mark Forrester thing where it's based on the elements? <laughs> my commentary is based on the elements. Um, <laughs> my worst thing about this movie is that the third act feels like it's not even really really act, I guess, but the the big finale. Um, Feel, feels like it's half the movie. <laughs> yes. No, this movie is just over two hours. It feels like it's two and a half hours. Yes. And until you hit the, the big finale, uh, it feels like, yeah, we're, we're, we're about to be in and out here, you know? This is this has been 90 minutes. Like, I mean, you... I, you, you, you I, I disagree a bit, but, you know, go ahead. But I, for, I personally was really enjoying it. I was into it. I, I was invested. I feel like it was a fun kind of rollicking weird ride um yeah and then we hit we hit the moment where where so there's these there's this moment where you know they figure out where the nukes are they're they're taking the nukes to miami um and and the the government sends in planes and drops people and there's this huge sweeping wide shot uh, of, of of people parachuting out of a plane into yeah. the ocean to um stop their underwater uh transport here um, and it's really, it's a really cool shot. I was like, oh, that's that's really striking. Like that's, you know, I mean, it's literally because it, it is yeah. literally like it's not obviously it's not CGI. It was 65, 66? 65. Um, and and so you know, it, they actually just shot a plane. And it looks really really cool, and you can see Miami in the background, everything. Yeah, really really, really nice. Um, and so I was like, all right, cool. We're getting like this neat battle. Uh, they start shooting harpoons at each other, and I'm always up for some harpoon shooting. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. I'm really enjoying this. And then it just keeps going, and it yep. keeps going. Yep, and it keeps going. So the reason and it for keeps this going. is they. This was like the first big movie to feature such beautiful underwater mm-hmm. uh, uh, filming. Yeah, like this was the first movie where they that that was really like the the you know the the most sure. uh, primary factor. Um. 
so they got really excited like oh look at how well we can shoot this stuff we need to have like the whole movie set down here yeah. or at least the final battle so that's that's why there's an overabundance of that and it is not aged well at least no. in terms of pacing no it it just it, it, it does literally... make me wonder if i had seen this as as a you know as a kid back in the 60s if it would have completely wowed me or if i Maybe. still would have thought I mean, it's cool for, like, the first five minutes, but it just keeps going. <laughs> I mean, I can see how that, because, you know, it's, it's, we haven't, we haven't reviewed Aquaman yet. We'll get there. Um, but <laughs> Aquaman looks real good. Uh, real, real good looking movie. And uh, there's a lot of really cool visuals underwater. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I feel like it would be very easy for us to be jaded and be like, ah, this looks dumb. Well, it's um, funny because and it does look good. It's it's really it, it is literally just that it's the same thing. Well, it's for also a good 20 30 minutes. Well, it's also just by virtue of it being underwater. Literally every single movement is slower than it yes. would be out of water. Yes. Yeah. Which means theoretically, eh, let's try and speed this up a little bit. Mm. Not in terms mm. of literally speeding up the footage because they do that in places and once again, <laughs> that's obnoxious. Um this might be the most obnoxious movie when it comes to speeding up footage that I've ever seen. <laughs> I I can agree with that. Um, yeah, it was driving me crazy. I'm like, if if the footage is too slow for you, just cut it up so there's not as much of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can have tighter edits to control that. You don't just have to speed up the footage. <laughs> you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. <laughs> Speaking of which, well, well, I, I made like four connection, four leaps and connections in order to oh yeah, get to where I was the, going with that. But well, it's it's very clear that this one is inspired Christopher Nolan greatly. Yes, yes. Um, this one of all the Bond movies, except for maybe Honor Majesty Majesty Secret Service, is like the one that ins- seems to have inspired mm-hmm. him the most, and what he tends to pull from in reference. Yeah. Which is uh, funny, because that's what I was saying in terms of the the look as well. I mean, I, I yeah. think that it's got... You can see a lot of the influence on, on him. Yeah. I want an Nolan Bond movie. Just do mm-hmm. it! Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's my best thing? I think my best thing is going to be Fiona Volpe. Um, she's awesome and just a fun presence and I think yeah. she's kind of outshining every single actor she's dealing with, including Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Connery's fine in this. He seems to be... It's a little bit of a flat line from him, because I don't want to say at this point he's starting to become disinterested, but it's just more like, eh, I'm just doing a Bond yeah. performance. I didn't, really, I didn't really get that vibe. Yeah. His toupee sure. is distracting to me. Sure. Um, Interesting. <laughs> it's mostly just because I know that he's he's got a wig, so I'm just constantly looking at him like... That hairline looks slightly off. <laughs> um, I it, I didn't get the vibe that he wasn't as into it, and there were definitely a couple. I I can tell that he's settling into it a little more. Where yeah. he, you know he's not. It's not that he's disinterested. It just felt more like paint by numbers. I guess. Yes. Yes. It feels like he's like, oh, I know how to do this. Like, yeah. I, I, like I, it's I, like I, it's like a walk in the park. Yeah, I know? can roll out of bed and, and act act yeah. bond. Um, the, he does have a couple of excellent deadpan lines. Yes, uh, that'll, that'll they give him some very good one-liners, and and one that we discussed beforehand might be the best in the whole series. Yes, uh, which involves Fiona. Fiona. Volpe. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, get back to Fiona. It's funny because it almost seems like 
she's supposed to be a counterpoint to Pussy Galore. And and almost like a critique of that character, in a way. Where, where you know, she ends up sleeping with Bond, and then the very next scene she turns on him. And she goes, oh, you, you, the great James Bond with your ego, you think you can just sleep mm-hmm. with any woman and get her to turn to your side? Well, not this one. And I'm like... That's actually pretty smart for yeah. mid sixties Bond. Fairly biting uh, uh, commentary on on Bond as a character for and given so the last quickly three after Goldfinger. Yes, yeah. But then she just dies in the next scene. So <laughs> that I think that's one of the the poorest decisions for this film is killing her off that quickly. Mm-hmm. If she had stayed around for for the ending, I, I probably would have been a lot more invested. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I'm going to go ahead and bring this up because I guess in terms of the sacrificial lamb trope, she's kind of it. Because, yeah. I mean, Paula could, you could argue that she's that character, but first off, she's not a real character. She's just there, <laughs> and then she's not. <laughs> and then. Paula is more of, more along the lines of your, uh. What's, what's the guy from. I can't remember either of their names. The guys we talked about who who just are side characters that get unceremoniously killed off. Oh, Quarrel. What? Quarrel. Yeah, Quarrel and um from 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 Russia with Love. Paula has less character. No, no that's than what that. I was gonna say. But, it's but like, who's the guy she, from, from? She literally could could be cut from the movie and nothing would change. Yes. Who's the guy from from Russia with Love? Karen Bay. The yeah, best. Karen Bay. The best yeah. James Bond side they, character ever. It, it's it's like they wanted to do something like that. But then just, like, didn't do anything with the character at all. Like, yeah. they didn't make us care nearly as much about them, so it was just kind of... When they died, it was just like, oh, okay, that's that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Um. Paula <laughs> is just, like, a completely there's, pointless character in this movie. There's an excellent... In a movie filled bit, with pointless characters. There's there's an unintentionally excellent bit where uh, Bond, he's he, he gets in the car... Or he, he leaves Palmyra after he finds out that um, Paula's dead. Yeah. And like he sees her dead, and there's a nice little shot of him being like, "Man, that's lame." <laughs> and, uh, I didn't he... get to sleep with her. <laughs> Basically, dang it. As far as we know, um, he gets to uh, he gets in the car and he gets with. I think it's the guy that like also shows up with no character, except he doesn't even get like a, a death to remember him by. Uh, it's it's his name starts with like a T, I think. Which guy? There's a guy that shows up. And they're like, "Ah, oh, yes, this is my contact on the island, so and so, or something." And you like think he's going to be an important character or a side character or something. Um, who? I don't. I don't remember. Like outside of Felix and the Q and Paula, he's like working I, with. He's working. Like with I know there's a couple other guys there, but there's I, one guy that they give a name to, okay. and like he comes up a couple times, but they, he, they he he doesn't do anything. Anyway, Bond's talking to some guy in a car. Um, he's working with him, and he he's getting out at the hotel. And then the guy's like, do you want me to tell Felix anything? And he's like, tell him that Paula's dead. Um, or, or it's, it's something like that where, where um, Bond basically is just like, tell him Paula's dead. And then the guy's just like, okay. <laughs> like, it's the way the response like it's so it's sort of nonchalant. Yeah. It's it's bizarre how they, how they treat her. And it's just kind of weird that there are so many female characters in this movie. And yes. the only one that I find remotely interesting is Fiona Volpe. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't mind. Um, can't remember name of girl I'm trying to defend. 
Domino? Actual Bond girl. Yeah, Domino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like her. I need to get into the fact that I just read the book recently um, because I, I this movie is a horrible interpretation of that book. Um, <laughs> Oh, we'll we'll sure. get there. there. There's a lot of stuff to unpack with this one. You got all the right stuff with Kevin McClory and, and him saying that he wrote this, you know, he came up with this story with Ian Fleming. So that's why he gets, like, a credit on this one right. um, and not any of the others. It's very complicated stuff. Um, we'll get into that. But back to Fiona Volpe. Um, she's got charm. She's got wit. She's She's brutal. And it's just funny how, moving forward, how many interviews you can find of, like, whenever they, they have a new Bond actress, you know, for the the girl character, or even the Sacrificial Lamb character. I, mm-hmm. I, I need to find a better phrase other than just that. Um, yeah. Secondary Bond girl, or whatever. Yeah. And they always go, oh, I'm different from the previous Bond girls. You know, my character's tough and independent. She can hold her own, and she's Bond's equal. I'm like, between Pussy Galore and Fiona Volpe, we got that. So, yes, there are some Bond girls that are just damsels in distress. But there's also, like, a healthy... I think there's more of a healthy balance between those those two extremes than than a lot of the actresses are willing to admit. It's almost Mm -hmm. like... All they know is the cliche. Like, they haven't actually watched Bond movies before. Which, um, fair. Which, fair. <laughs> but but it's just, it, it's kind of obnoxious because it's a pattern. Like, you can go and watch interviews when after they're, like, first cast, and it is it is repeated. As, like, that's the canned response you give of, like, I'm not like your typical Bond girl. I My character is independent, can hold her own, she's Bond's equal, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. I'm like... No, we've had that. We had that in 1965. Yeah, <laughs> they don't do enough. They no, do enough no, they don't. And that's fair. That's a fair argument. But just <laughs> to say, like, all Bond girls are just helpless damsels yeah. in distress, and they're just sex objects for Bond is is just it, it's it's not true. Sure. Um, and Fiona Volpe is, is a prime example of that. Uh, she's a character I kind of wish was brought back. Yep. Yeah. Like, can we have her instead of, like, any villain left in Sean Connery's <laughs> uh, films? I guess they're all just Blofeld. Um, can we can we have her be just a female Blofeld? Like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, Who, so, to, yeah. to set my context here, because I was trying to remember this. Yeah. Next is Honor Matters, She's Secret Service, correct? No. Next is You Only Live Twice. And what's after Honor Majesty's Secret Service? Diamonds are forever. Okay. Is there another one? Or are those last? No, that is the end of Connery's tenure in the official series at that point. Um, So from here on in, it's just terrible Spectre interactions. (laughs) You thought they screwed it up in the Daniel Craig universe. (laughs) Well, you ain't seen nothing yet, boy. I'm excited. Uh, You shouldn't be. Um... (laughs) Yeah, Fiona Volpe is my favorite part. Um, the bit with the, the motorbike, like, and it shoots the, the rockets or whatever, and it blows up the car. It's awesome. <laughs> sure. Uh, she's just a fun presence, and I really, really enjoy her. Um, I think my worst thing overall is just going to be editing. Okay. Um, I, I feel thought like, about that. 
I, we already discussed the underwater stuff a bit. A lot of it's just super slow, and, and they were just so excited to be shooting underwater and how gorgeous it looks that they forgot, oh, hey, we're here to tell a story. <laughs> right. And just, I mean, that's not what I would say is the biggest editing issue. No, it's not. It's, no, it's not. Uh, Terrence Young, like I said, is the director for this one, and he did Dr. Known from Russia with Love. He did not do Goldfinger. Okay. I don't think he's very good at action sequences overall. Yeah. Stuff that requires a lot of technical expertise, I don't think he's very good at. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the fight scenes are fine, but they're, they're just edited so strangely yes. where it's just like it's very clear that you're just like it's not a continuous fight it's very clear that you just stopped and you like it doesn't yeah. shots shot to shot it doesn't connect very well like that opening scene where Bond's fighting the guy who's who's dressed as his widow I guess mm-hmm. a, a parent widow even though he's not actually dead I don't know um that whole scene is bizarre I do not like that opening. Um, no, I don't like the jetpack. Uh, <laughs> I love the jetpack. I think it's so terrible. <laughs> that happened, and I was just like, wait, what? Like, I knew Bond used a jetpack, but I didn't know it was like this. And then he, like, fire hoses some men, and then and then that's how we get to our opening titles. That was that And I'm was just like, when, when the elements. guys just move out of, out of the way of the water, like... <laughs> It doesn't look like I mean, it's shooting I, it, at them that hard. It's it's not even the well, and I guess and they can't the actually shoot a, a fire hose at them, and that's the problem. But yeah, and then the scene just ends. <laughs> um, all of the rear screen projection in this one is terrible, and it gets amped up, particularly that ending where Bond's in the the boat as it's escaping, and he's fighting uh, Largo and his his goons. Yeah. Um, there's just shots Lots like looking out, out to the front of the boat yes. as they're trying to like avoid the rocks and stuff and it looks so terrible I hate the sped up footage there's so much of it in this movie ah oh, it drove me nuts yep which that that like opening fight scene I like I, I thought that was a neat little thing where it's like oh they're they're wrecking a room because they're throwing clocks at each other and like throwing throwing furniture at each other and sort of like having this rough and tumble brawl but the way it's shot is so just like Ah, the, you, you had to speed the chair across the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, yeah. like there's a lot of stuff like that where it's it's cutting weird and and it's yeah. Also, it's just kind of strange because it's like we're supposed to be like ah, it was a twist. The guy the guy was dressed up as his widow. And now we can have a serious fight scene, but he's still dressed up. And, and it's like comical. A skirt. It's comical. And so it's like, well, shouldn't we? <laughs> and like, and like I said, this will not be the last time we see a a Bond villain cross dressing, and it's sure. just bizarre. I don't know why this is a recurring element. Oh, they've got boy. some stuff to work out. Okay, they got some stuff. To you got work out. you got to have some baggage to work with, Spectre. All right. <laughs> In, Inspector, you're required not only to wear your. Sp- special uh, secret decoder ring with the octopus mm-hmm. logo on it. You're also required to cross-dress for at least one mission. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's my worst thing. I, I thought this the editing on this one was pretty atrocious. And just, not just the editing, I'll probably just expand it to a lot of the technical stuff. It was just mm-hmm. not very well handled. Sure. Um... So let me give give some context. So Thunderball is literally the last Bond book I read, and I, I finished reading it a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
So this one, more than any of the others, is probably most affected by, oh, hey, I just read the book. Yeah. Here, yeah. <laughs> Here's where like the differences are. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is just a lot more streamlined. I feel like with this one, there's just so much fat that's added onto it. Hmm. And I don't know what to pin it on. I don't know if this is Kevin McClory, and I'll need to get into that. I don't know if it's they were just so high off the success of Goldfinger, they just thought they could do whatever they wanted. I, I like I don't know what exactly to pin it on in terms of just because would you agree with me the first three movies and I know from Rush with Love you might disagree with me a little bit the first three movies are fairly streamlined efficient action spy thrillers right mm. compared to this I mean th- th- I would say that that I don't feel, or I didn't feel like this was that much different than From Rush with Love in terms of the, the I mean, the pacing is a lot more wonky. Because, well, you're like, wrong, but okay. <laughs> like, like the, I feel, I mean, I was, I was more enjoying the momentum of the first, first half, first two thirds, yeah, uh, than From Rush with Love. But then, <laughs> the, but then it that ends such a grinding halt that it, it balances out. Um, but. I, I would, I would not say that it's that, and even Goldfinger to some extent. I think there's still a lot of a lot of sort of killing time and and basically just taking longer than they need to 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 get things done. Yeah, I but I I didn't I did not feel it as much as I did with this one. Um Pinder was the guy I was talking about by the way. Who? Pinder. I'm going to keep saying who every time you you bring up that character cuz I okay, don't know who good. this is. Um <laughs> But yeah, so so I recently read the book and basically so much of of this movie is just extra fat. Like the whole twist of they have a guy who specifically they they were able to change his face to look like the the um guy who was going to go on on the ship so they could steal yeah. the nuclear missiles. Um Spectre just hires a guy in the books or in in the Thunderball novel. Like they just like they, they they just hire a person like one of the pilots or something to do it. Like there's ah. there's not a whole special added element of ooh <laughs> we replace this guy's face with another face and all this stuff. Interesting. Um, so that's like completely done for the movie. Um, and then it's basically just Bond and Felix go to the Bahamas to investigate. We don't have like any of these extra side characters. Fiona Volpe is not there, which is unfortunate. Um, uh-huh. But basically, it's just it's like Felix Bond, Largo, and Domino. Like mm-hmm. that's that's basically like mm-hmm. all of our main characters. Pretty much everybody else is not is non-existent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a whole ticking clock element that felt missing from this, where the whole push that they have to go for is first off that there's they're a lot less certain <clears throat> excuse me certain that Largo's behind it um because mm. he has a really good cover um I think they've hinted hinted at it in the movie do they hint at what like what his cover is because in the book it's he's on a treasure hunting expedition and that's why he's got all these extra resources hmm. and extra hands and like they're gonna go out and try and find treasure underwater which would explain like why they leave yeah. for such long stretches, where like the kind of locations that they're going to, the equipment they have. Like there's a very good cover for it. So basically the first half of the novel is them trying to prove, oh hey, do we even have suspicions about this guy? 
And then the second half is we need to prove it. That way we can actually like send out a warning to MI6 and yeah. and the CIA. That way they can send us backup. Yeah. I feel like in, in the movie, it's pretty pretty apparent early on that, oh yeah, these are the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, because the reason Bond goes to the Bahamas in the book in the first place is become is because him and M have a conversation where it's like well, here's where the boat or where the, where the plane last stopped contacting us, um, and they sort of have a logical conversation that leads them to well. Here's the where we think it could have gone. Okay, the Bahamas is a bit of a stretch, but go there. Bond doesn't know the relationship between Domino and her brother at that point. Okay. Like he doesn't have this photo, and he's just like, "Hey, coincidence! Yeah. I just yeah, met, was... I just met this guy at this hospital." Um, well, that was a also, weird thing. It also doesn't help as a sequel, like, for most of these adventures, he's fighting Spectre, and then just happenstance, he comes across a Spectre agent. Sure. Um, sure. Like, like, there's so many coincidences that just baffle my mind. Yeah. Um, and that was one, that, too, that I was, like, not really sure what, like, it was like, oh, there's a photo of this girl from the Bahamas, yeah. and she's with this guy. Yeah. And where did they get the photo from? What was the idea there? I don't remember. It was a little bit more I of an explanation. I'm, I'm completely forgetting the entire... But it's still very oh. tenuous, because it's like, ah, oh, the... what The guy that they hire in the book, I believe, is Domino's brother. So there's yes. not this whole thing of, well, they killed him, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they hired this guy, just happened to be her brother, and then they killed him at the end of the mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not all this extra, <laughs> we gotta have a Mission Impossible face thing. Sure. But the know. idea is that the guy... He sees the photo of the guy, and he's like, hey, that guy's dead. I saw him the other day. Yeah. Very conveniently. Um, but I th- th- I forget why the photo was, like, in his dossier in the, dossier in the first place. Yeah. I don't um, know. It was, it was all very, like, ah, this is... He's just completely, like, going off a hunch there, and then... Yeah. It works also, out. Also... I like it better in the book just because it shows that M's not a complete moron. Like, he, he thinks through things a bit more. Because I, I don't like in the movie how he's just like, we're going to send you to Canada. And then Bond goes, I want to go to the Bahamas. And he goes, go to the Bahamas. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, a, a good chunk of the book is just them trying to prove, like, hey... Are we even like a hundred percent sure that we believe Largo is behind sure. this? Um, where this is a lot, <clears throat> yeah, this one is a lot more. The whole casino sequence where where Bond is bringing up Spectre to mess mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. happens much later in the book, and it's almost okay. it's kind of like, all right, now I've really got suspicions about this guy. Here's kind of a desperation play. I'm going to see how he reacts. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not the opening move. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Which seems very dumb and very... It, it's super easy that he blows his cover like that. And I feel like this is probably the biggest thing. As soon as people start trying to kill Bond, he should be going, Hey, M, I'm going to write you a note. Um, Yeah, the bombs are probably here because people have tried to kill me. <laughs> Can you send, like, everyone? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then there's a whole extra ticking time bomb that I think is kind of present in the movie but it's not as much where it's like 
well, we can't make a move until they actually grab the bombs because they're not aboard the boat. But then in the movie, don't they just have one of the missiles on the boat to begin with? I was a little bit lost in terms of the locations of the missiles. I was as well. Yeah. Um, I think the general idea was just that they, like, could it be... They didn't know for sure where they were. Yeah. Um, and then once they found the plane, they were like, ah, oh, the bombs aren't here, so clearly they, they do have the bombs. Also, we're, they, we're did on a, the right track. they did a terrible job of communicating when they're using the Geiger counter on the boat or whatever. Yeah. Like, signaling whether or not, like, Bond understood that the bomb was there or not like it yeah. just zooms in on the watch i'm like wait that's too small i can't make out what what are we looking for <laughs> yeah um i don't like largo at all he is such a, no, a, really. a nothing villain to me um all he has is the eye patch yeah and i like the actor i i, I mean i i generally was okay with you know, it, he he was no uh, Auric Goldfinger. Compared to but... all the previous Bond villains, I think he's a huge step down. He gets more time than Red Grant. <laughs> yeah, but Red Grant's awesome. I'm talking about <laughs> Rosa Klebb, too. Um, true, true. I do like a lot the opening scene with... Not opening, but the, the intro scene with Spectre. Yes, where, and that, where... that's pretty close to how it is in the book. <clears throat> where Blofeld just, just murders a dude. Yes. Um, and, like, and that kind of starts the the cliche that gets like lambasted in uh, Austin Powers, where where he's just like willing to kill any of his henchmen <laughs> off. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I like that scene quite a bit because it's basically from the book. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. Sure. Um, yeah, and I, I like that we're really trying to build the Spectre mythology, but we're still yeah. not going. Oh, hey, sequel baiting. Well, and I, I like too that it, there is no our our secret agent or Goldfinger. Uh, he he failed in his mission to radioactive. Like yeah, we're we're just we're, hey that was a one that was a thing. <clears throat> Bonds now he's just finished off another mission. He killed a Spectre agent. He's now kind of you know hap- he just kind of gets tied up in this other this other Spectre thing that sort of is related to that that um actually i guess it's not really related i guess it's just that he happens to go there's a lot of coincidences it's fine yes um well, the, <laughs> but the opening of because this is the first book to introduce specter okay so the whole coincidence of him kind of stumbling upon a specter plot is yes. a lot less odd in the book as compared right. to this where it's like oh he's had he's past dealings yeah, with specter yeah. the world suddenly feels so much smaller because he just right. happened upon this at this hospital right. which is why i think it's very very important that goldfinger is not a uh a specter plot a specter agent yeah. because then you can be like okay well you know he, this is just a happenstance thing like, no tyler you missed the the deleted footage I mean, where he had a special <clears throat> specter decoder ring and you missed it sure because the idea is they did an autopsy like... on his body and they found the, the, <laughs> that particular metal. Um, they found traces of it on his finger after he died. Was it? Was it gold? It was gold. <laughs> he had a special gold version made for him. Sure, sure. Um, but it's. It, I mean, look, tracking that through these first four movies, it's like okay, the first one he was actually sent on a mission. Guy happened to be a Spectre agent. Yeah, because Spectre is doing things. Yeah. Uh, second one. He basically gets tied up in that mission because Spectre's like, hey, we want to kill that guy. Right. He did a thing. And then 
Goldfinger, we we don't actually have a Spectre influence, and then this one, he just happens upon a Spectre plot. So it's like we haven't completely oversaturated in terms of like having it, having him run into them one more time mm-hmm. accidentally. Yeah, is not the the craziest thing in the world. Like it, no. if if he... it's not it's not as bad as Blofeld being his half brother or whatever. Yes, it's not it's not <laughs> Blofeld being his half brother. Um, um, what was I gonna say? I completely lost my train of thought. Continue. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I like that intro scene. I, li- I like that we, we continue to see more of Blofeld without seeing his face. Although it's kind of silly how he has like the little gate down in front yeah. of him, like at perfect perfect neck level. Yeah. Um, the man the man's a vain person, I guess. I, or, yeah, or he, he likes insecure. his cat. He likes his cat. <laughs> he likes his cat. Um, uh, well, the thing I wanted to point out, the thing that you know, I just remembered... Um, so in From Russia with Love, they know who Bond is, and they're like, we're getting revenge on Agent 007 James Bond. Yeah. And then and I love how in this one they're just like, uh, yeah, one of our Spectre agents got killed. We don't know who did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but you, they guys, do- you guys ought to know that's James Bond. Your men <laughs> saw an Aston Martin DB5 with this tall <laughs> British man running away. No, no, no. It's okay. The host killed him. The host killed him. <laughs> yeah. Um. It is it is nice because later on they they do make reference to like Largo is like ah I've I've heard of you before so yeah. I, I forget what the line is <clears throat> they 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 don't think we're completely stupid or they don't completely give up on continuity but it is strange yeah yeah I agree <laughs> um. How do you feel about uh, talk talk about Domino? What do you, how do you feel about Domino? Ta- Domino is very beautiful. All the women in this movie are ridiculously attractive. Sure, like each of them on their own could be a Bond girl, but they just happen to throw them all together in this one movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's really pretty, but I don't. I, I don't including know. Including Felix Leiter. Including <laughs> Felix Leiter is lovely. Um, <laughs> I don't, he's my favorite Felix Leiter we've had thus far. Um, oh, yeah. He gets he's nothing to do, but he's my favorite like Felix Leiter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's just that I don't think the actress is very good or what. Um, and I believe she she is dubbed. I don't think Fiona, yes, Fiona Volpe like is, but I think Domino yeah. is. Um The book just has her be a lot more feisty, and she kind of is self-aware about her position. Like, all the dialogue that Domino says in this movie kind of seems in line with the character, but she just seems Mm. a lot more... I don't know, vapid is the right word, but she seems like she's not that focused on her surroundings. She's just kind of like, whatever, everything's fine. I was also very confused. I think I I missed or or didn't fully understand the explanation for... Why, why is she with Largo, and and how was that related to her brother, and what's the relationship there? They don't really explain it all that much. I believe they delve more into that in the book. Um, but basically, you know, she's just Largo's mistress. And the idea in, in the book is she's just like, well, he's a powerful guy. I liked him originally in the first place. I can kind of just do whatever I want. But, like, like they kind of hammer home in the novel. She just kind of does whatever she wants on the island. Like she just mm-hmm. goes around and buys things. She parties. She kind of just does whatever. So is the idea that he went after her because of her connections to her brother? See, I, I can't remember in the novel how if they really delve into that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I I'm, think I'm that's sure. what they were they were alluding to in the movie, but I was I was all of that was was confusing. Well, it, it's kind of I I can't quite remember if her brother is supposed to be like a specter agent or if he's just a gun for hire, right? Um, which is the thing is, is that in the in the movie that makes it more interesting because it seems like the idea in the movie would be he's trying to get close to this guy so that he understands his his life mm-hmm. and and is is able to. Uh, make sure that he gets to write info to the guy who's who's replicating him yeah um which that that is a like i, I like that idea a lot just because that's a fun thing of like and and especially the part where the guy uh he's talking to fiona and he's like yeah i've spent two years like turning into this guy i, I want more money can i get more money yeah <laughs> i've completely like wasted my life i've realized and so then they kill him and they horribly drown him in the water and yeah. it's great I was like, yep. I'm pretty sure he's just a gun for hire in the book because they just kill him immediately. Um, okay. And it's supposed to be like a Casino Royale in the, the movie. All right. Mm. What happens in the Thunderbolt book is similar to what happens in the Casino Royale movie where Bond thwarts uh. this guy, stops him uh, from getting along with the plan. It kind of halts the plan. So they have to hire a new guy to do the rest of the job. Mm-hmm. Um. See, even in the book, it's a little too complicated, but, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, it still felt a bit more streamlined than this, and maybe that's just because they don't have the whole face issue. Um, sure. But, yeah, I I like the overall plot. It's very, like, quintessential pop spy movie plot of mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. bombs, give us money, or we'll <laughs> detonate them at these locations, and then it's just a race against the clock to find the bombs. Um yep. I like the plot. Um, it's just funny because, and I, I guess I'll get into the Kevin McClory stuff. So the idea was, back in the late '50s, when Ian Fleming was trying to get Bond films off the ground, um, he came up with this loose idea for a plot, basically this story with Kevin McClory. It ended up not progressing as much as he wanted, so Ian Fleming went away, and he ended up writing his next book, which was Thunderball. Okay. Um, then Cle- Kevin McClory's like, "Wait, what?" That <laughs> we we worked on that like that that's that's mine and I think there's another uh, screenwriter involved as well mm-hmm. and I think he's got credit on on this movie as well. Um, so come the time that they get around to Thunderball, they're like, all right, fine, we'll make a deal with you. You can be a producer on this one, and then you know we can you know shake hands and call it a day. Um, which will then lead to long legal battles about the ownership of Spectre and Blofeld. Mm. Uh, and why Kevin McClory has been a thorn in this franchise's side <laughs> ever since. That's fascinating. Yes. he He's... I, Just, I believe I've said this. He does Never Say Never Again with Sean Connery. Ah. Uh, yes. Which is a remake of this movie. Right. That sounds delightful. I'm sure it'll go well. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> like, like, it's bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Connery's a bit more lively than his last couple of Bond movies, but it's bad. <laughs> sure. Um, but getting back to Domino, I, I it's similar to Bond where it feels like they kind of just strip out a lot of her character, and I think that's that's not so much in dialogue as it is in performance. Um, and the whole scene where he, you know, they have sex in, in the, underwater, <laughs> which yeah. 
Yeah. They could have just been making out. You I'm not going to question. You the don't know. Stuff. Anyways. Yeah. They, they, when they released the, the air tanks, I was, or whatever, I was like, ah. Yeah. The whole thing about her. <laughs> it seems like this is not going to end well. Yeah. But the whole thing about her getting the, the uh, spines stuck in her foot and him having to suck them out, mm-hmm. that's from the book as well. But that's. He runs into her. Like they're supposed to meet up. She's in the water already. He goes down there and she stepped in them. Like that's. I don't know. It, it feels super unnecessary in the movie, and it almost feels like they're trying to appease the book fans by just having that in there. I don't know. Um, but then she's like, or, or but then he's like, I, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you this horrible truth. And your brother, he was involved in this plot, and he's been killed, and you've got to help me. Um, she turns so fast. She has like one line of dialogue of like, "Oh, you. That's why you had sex with me. You wanted to make me vulnerable yeah, before yeah. you told me this." And in the book, it goes on for a bit longer than that where she actually, like, there's a whole process, like, mentally that she goes through where she is she is angry at him, and rightfully so, because yeah. he uses her. Um, but she goes through this, like, they speed it up so fast, like, it's within a couple of lines of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like the bit where she's like, hey, Vargas is coming up behind you, and then he just turns mm-hmm. and shoots him with the spear. He gun. harpoons him! I think he got the point. It's incredible! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... I knew there was another line in this movie that I was thinking of. Um, Even though it's bizarre because back when they're at Palmyra, Largo goes... Um, and for those of you who haven't seen this in a while, Palmyra is Largo's kind of beach home um, mm-hmm. where he's got the, the pool full of sharks, which is... We'll have to get to that because I think that's one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but but he goes Vargas he 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 does not he does not eat he does not sleep he does not love anyone what what does he do and then he just turns and walks away I'm like <laughs> is it supposed to be he loves killing people I don't know there's not a rest of that so so they're trying to give this this nothing character like some traits and then Bond just kills him it's like what is going on. <laughs> Uh, this movie is so bold. Hey, guess what, Tyler? Vargas isn't in the novel. Surprise, surprise. Speaking of which, it's pretty funny that there's the other guy who's there for all those conversations. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, man, the Largo guy, he's, he's trying to, like, torture this woman. I should probably let her go oh, and yeah, like, the, realize that. Oh, yeah, the um, Dr. Pavel uh, proxy. <laughs> sure. And and so then uh, he's yeah. like, hey, you gotta you gotta tell him that uh, you know I I didn't do anything wrong and and, and you know like it, I, I was just doing what they told me to do. Yeah. And so then he he finally at the end of the movie uh, they're on the boat and they're like, oh crap, we got rocks coming up. And the guy's like, I don't know how to swim. And Bond get, hands him a, a life life vest or yeah. whatever, not life vest, um, life ring, life tube thing that uses you use to float and. Uh, chucks him off he's like never never better time to learn and chucks him off the boat or whatever yeah and then we just don't see him again no he just disappears so i assume he's still floating in the ocean to this Um, day i don't know do you want me to just explain how the third act of this plays out in the book sure overall plot structure wise the movie is close it's got a whole bunch of fat on it but overall it's it's similar Mm -hmm. um some stuff is restructured, there's tons of new stuff added, but overall it's the same plot. Um, so basically, Bond and Felix discover that the boat is there, and they're like, oh crap, it's actually here, we can start doing something. So they request for an American submarine uh, to be sent to help them out. 
So they go, okay, we think Largo and them are going to leave on this day because, you know, because of the hours that Spectre sets up in terms of, hey, you you need to give us the money, otherwise we're going to blow something up. Um, So they're keeping track of of, uh, Largo's boat before it takes off. Um, And Bond, you know, he sleeps with Domino. He he explains everything to her. He gets her to agree to help um, despite her being so upset. Uh, And it's this whole thing where they realize, oh crap, she's she's not responding. Something's gone wrong. But they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we can't do anything about that right now. We got to stick to the plan, and we got to go after Largo uh, when he takes off. Then he takes off. They follow him in the submarine. Um, then they stop supposedly to grab the missiles because at this point they're just like at a random place underwater. They're not on the boat or anything. Um, so Bond and Felix, who at this point in the novels is missing both an arm and a leg. He's what? got he he has a metal claw for a hand, I think, and he's got he's got some kind of support for his leg. I can't remember. Okay. Um, in the second novel, he gets both of them eaten off by a shark. I see. Um, which does happen in a later movie, uh, but it's far down the road. Um, okay. But anyways, uh, it's bizarre that that we have a, a fully functioning Felix in this movie, yet he does nothing. <laughs> whereas sure. whereas in, in the book, he's actually like a bit more proactive. <laughs> um, so basically they lead a bunch of, I don't know if they're like Marines or if they're just guys on, on the ship, but they go mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to try a sneak attack while they're trying to grab the missiles. We're going to try and get them real quick. Um, and the whole thing is they don't have harpoons. They realize that the specter guys do, but all they have is knives. So they're like, crap, Sneak attack. <laughs> and I think they've okay. got some spears as well. Um, and they do kind of a sneak attack. There's a, a, a an extended battle sequence, though. Not as extended as, as this one. Um, and, and the whole time Bond's going, crap, what happened to Domino? Like, is she dead or whatever? Um, and the whole thing where, where Largo kind of has her tied up and he's going, I'm going to, I'm going to torture you with uh ice and and, or heat and cold in in very you know particular spots and i'll get you to talk or whatever um that's that's pretty much taken straight from the novel i believe um we don't have the extra nuclear scientist guy who frees her um, sure because he's a nothing character like that's that's just not in the novel um Mm -hmm. but there's an extended battle uh, Bond's like gotten the crap kicked out of him, and like he he leads Largo away, uh, and and the, he realizes because in the, in the novel Largo's like a really buff guy, like there's nothing like with an hmm. eye patch or anything. He's just like a big burly guy. So Bond's like crap, like I have no energy left. He's about to kill me. This is it. And then Domino saves him, similar to in the movie. Um, but it's all underwater. Uh, so like I said, similar. But not quite the same, and there's no skyhook. Lame. Um, it cuts to Bond, like, fades out, um, and then the end is, like, both him and Domino healing, and they're just, like, together. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll be together, it's fine. <laughs> together? Yes. Is that where the kids were calling it back in the day? That's what the kids were calling it back in 1950-whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which raises another another point that I want to spin, spin out of that. Um... How do they decide which movies to do for these? I have just, no idea. Or which books to do. For I these? don't know if it's like locations or if they're trying to figure out budgets. I don't know what the, what the criteria well, was. While you were talking about that, you piqued my interest, and it was like it was like, oh, I want to I want to check on this. And so, from Russia with Love is the 
fifth book? Yes. And then Doctor No. And then Doctor the No. Fourth book. Yes. Because so like they did, or sorry, sorry, the sixth book. So they did yes. six, five, and I think Goldfinger's right after that. Wait. Yeah, we're getting our six, wires crossed. Five, so, so the, seven. The, the novels go. Correct me if I'm wrong. From Russia with Love, Doctor No, Goldfinger, Thunderball. There's one in between. For your eyes only. Oh, that's all the short stories. I don't include that. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It has Quantum of Solace. Oh, God. It's a short story. Take it it away. It has nothing to do with the movie, I swear. Take it away. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so they start... Why did they start on From Rush With Love? And why did they do them completely out of order? I don't know. I have many questions. I mean, I I guess not completely. I guess it's just those two. But still, like, why start with... I guess maybe they just picked the ones that they thought would be the most cinematic. I guess. I don't know. Sure. Because Casino Royale they obviously couldn't make because the rights were owned by Columbia at the time, I think. Why was that? What did they do? Is this see, also see this, see uh, partially. See, the, this is the problem with with Ian Fleming trying to get the project off the ground because he got, kind of was just like, "I'm going to give the rights to everyone. It's fine. Mm. Just make a movie." Um, and somehow he maintained all of them at the end, except for uh, Casino Royale and the snafu with with this movie. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre. I don't. <laughs> There's a whole extended chapter in the book I was reading, uh, Some Kind of Hero, about kind of like all the production stuff with the Bond movies. Um, there's a whole chapter dedicated to all of the different attempts by Ian Fleming to get these movies made. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I can't keep up with all the producers that they bring up in this. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, my guess would be they just tried to pick what was most cinematic. I don't know. After this point, they radically change the plots for most of the books when they're adapting them. And why not? (sighs) (laughs) Hurts my brain. Let's talk about Fiona. And so, so there's basically Fiona. We need to to talk about the clinic at some point and uh, Bond blackmailing a girl into sex. It was not as bad as you made me think it was going to be. Because, like, the, 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 the movie, basically the idea He's is that... He's sexually harassing her the whole time. <laughs> he is. Um, and the idea is that she, uh, or Bond, gets left on the stretcher, which is... That was the that most... That spine I forgot stretcher about is that. terrible. <laughs> that scene was the strangest thing, where it's, like, it's really intense, and, like, the camera's shaking, and, like, it's zooming in on on how the thing's going off the rails. And guess what? They but speed it, up the footage. It looks the dumbest... It's it's just the stupidest, like, set piece of, yeah. like... This and is that, is, that is from the novel. Um... I don't know if that's actually how it operates or what the deal is. Yeah, with I that. was kind of like, why does it go that high? Like he didn't even have to break it; he just he just pushed the switch forward. Yeah. I don't. Anyway, um, the idea is that Bond's she's like Bond's like someone's gonna have to pay, and like it, it sounds the way he says it, it sounds like he's making reference to the fact that someone like pushed the, the switch or whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, ah, oh, the. Uh, 
Well, it's just kind of weird how she's immediately like, oh, well, maybe if you get in the sauna, it'll be good for you. I, I feel like she doesn't the fact that she doesn't immediately go to oh god what happened you almost died like she should yeah. she should yeah. be like um what what happened but the the idea there is that like, reaction then, is wonky sure then she uh she's like oh no i don't don't tell on me i'd lose my my job and he's like ah well you know you could do something for me and she she actually like like she says like oh no but she, they have her like smile, like they actually have her like sort of play along, um, and that's that's how they kind of save themselves from making it. Oh, I don't know, like the last movie where Bond forces a, a woman to the ground and kisses her until she gives in, um, as she is forcibly trying to push him off her. Like I said, uh, Fiona Volpe, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, best part is uh, after she she kind of teases Bond and is like, "Hey, you weren't able to turn me with sex." Um, and his his response to that this might be my favorite Bond one liner. I know you've got another one which we'll get to, but when he goes, "Well, can't get them all," or, or yeah. something something yeah. like that, that good. can't can't get them every time. Um, you know? so, yeah, uh, like that's pretty but good. Just just as a cap on the 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 quote unquote blackmail thing, I I think the idea that. <laughs> They they play it in such a way where it's like ah oh, she is she is giving in to Bond's irresistible charms as opposed to Bond is forcibly telling her hey I'm gonna report you to your boss if you don't have sex with me uh, and so they they kind of I, I they they work a pass into it um, by saying no 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 she's fine with it she she's actually it's just banter um, I don't like that that's the banter though. no I I agree <laughs> but like that. At least they have the good sense to make it like that, yeah. as opposed to you know, actual blackmail. Um, For me, it, it's it's that mixed with the fact that he's harassing her the whole time. Yes, yes. There's the part where he actually like just he, like he, he physically he wraps she, his arms around her and just kisses her. And he, she, like, punches him away after struggling for, like, several seconds. And yeah. It's like, this is just incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And once, I, like, I don't want to be a prude about it, but like I gotta call it as I see it you know well that's not I mean it's it's one thing to be to, to be a prude it's another to be like oh I'm calling out sexual harassment and assault in this movie well I feel like I feel like some people might listen to this conversation and go well this just like the times this is what sure. Bond was like then he's a he, you know he is a, a sexist character that's kind of part of like what but defines him like, I, I, like quit focusing so much on it I meant to I meant to say this last time. I don't think I did, so correct me if I'm wrong. But we were we were kind of talking about um, how much Bond just like does all these horrible things, yeah, uh, to other people, and the fact that like you know, especially women, but not just women, um, and the fact that like you could almost argue, oh no, no, the Bond is actually a psychopath in the movies. They just don't. We don't see inside his head, so we don't like. Or we, or they, you know, the we're, they're trying to convince us that he's actually, um, just like like hiding it, basically. That you know, yeah. he's 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 put, putting up a front, but like they never make any any allusions to that, so you can't actually make that argument. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like that is very much the the same thing where it's like, oh, Bond, no, 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 he's he's sexist, and therefore it's like, well, that's like. They're clearly playing. The movie is clearly filming it and playing it in a way where you're supposed to think this is like, ah, he's a he's a man's man. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's in charge. Like he, he's of, he's a, he's an ideal to strive towards. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're playing it as a as like ah, on my know, that, world it means hope. 
<laughs> that uh that wily bond and his his charms uh you know it's 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 very problematic yeah makes me uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> well the best part is like in the book like he recognizes what he's doing when he decides to sleep with domino he goes mm-hmm. oh hey i'm like i'm gonna have to use her and then divulge this information like i'm gonna have to emotionally manipulate her right and he recognizes hey i don't want to do this this is this is a terrible thing to do, but I have to do it because this is the best call in order to stop this horrible thing from happening. Right. Um, so, <laughs> like, you, you can you can condemn his actions, but at least there's a thought process behind it. It's not just, oh, Bond's attracted to the ladies, you know? Bond yeah. will be Bond. <laughs> Basically, yes. Woo! Once again, the movies tend to strip out all of Bond's character. Mm-hmm. And... Like, you know, in the books, there's narration. Like, we're we're pretty much always in Bond's head when he's in the scene. But you can still try to inject a little bit more of his character and dialogue and stuff. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You have Felix there. You have someone he can bounce off of. Like, right. use that. Yeah. So Fiona and the greatest one-lighter in all of human history. Yes, uh, uh, that that whole sequence with the the not Mardi Gras thing is is actually junk- pretty good. Yeah, apparently that's a that's a thing. I looked that up when they said that because I was like, once oh, again, interesting. Once again, this is this is what I'm saying. They 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 go to these these locations and they're like, oh, that's a cool cultural yes. event we can yeah. use and have it be it's... the centerpiece of of a particular scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's it's junk. And this is and this idea. is one of the better examples of using that to your mm-hmm. advantage. And it. It was a sort of thing where you it's so it's a it's a big parade and the they they throw it all over the Bahamas apparently but the biggest one is in Nassau, yeah, Nassau? which is where most of the movie takes it. place. Um, Nassau and yeah, uh, they and like you can immediately tell you're like these are like authentic props because clearly like they wouldn't have like had the thought to create all these. Well, also there's cool, like a like, there's like a, a and, fake like, Superman like, costume. I saw a Mr. Peanut costume. Like yes, there were just a couple yes. of very weird like. Huh. There's a lot of like clearly this has some sort of cultural context or like like yeah. some there's a these were not created by a bunch of 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 prop artists in yeah. a uh, in a studio. Yeah. Um and that's that's why I ended up looking it up. And and yeah, it's a cool scene where they he's running around and they they're all trying to track him down and finally he And he's been he, shot in the foot. Yes, and so they're tracking his blood. Uh it's really cool. Which it's really really is not scene. a plot point in the rest of the movie. I feel like that would be a problem if he's constantly limping on his foot, but Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. They show him wrap it up. It's fine. It's, it's fine. video game logic. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they so he eventually makes it to a dance and then um or and and uh, Fiona finds him and and he starts dancing. Well, the with best her part is he like, he grabs a random lady. And he's like, Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, certainly. Let's go. And she's like, What? You're crazy. Yeah. But then she's uh, like, Oh, hey, Sean Connery. I'll dance yeah. with him. Sure. <laughs> and then Fiona's just like, Do you mind if I cut in? And I'm like, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Bruce says that when he dances with with Catwoman. Um, also, it's said in a lot of movies about dancing. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but yeah, they they have him dance dance with her, and they're having like a conversation. This is where she kind of like attacks him for a, a little bit more for like what you know the fact that he is sort of a monster and yeah. like. Um, then, then he sees a, a a gun. There's like a it's a neat little scene where there's they're building tension because like the bongo player is drumming and, and increasing the beat and and so it's it's like building up to a point. 
yeah. and he sees a gun point, pointing out from behind a curtain. At least to get he didn't see it in the reflection of her eye. He That's didn't see saying. it in the reflection of her eye. That's correct. Uh, and then and then he turns her around right as the they they shoot and the the guy ends up shooting her. The instead. effect is weird. Like the reaction yes. shot is bizarre because, because Bond's fingers are all together and it looks like wait did his his finger just get shot? It's very clear that they just had like like Sean Connery's got like a blood thing yes. like between his fingers and he's trying to like squeeze it so that way it like actually comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks weird. Um. <laughs> But anyways. But, uh, and so he, he takes her over to, like, he's holding her. He's still kind of, like, hovering up the blood spot. And he takes her over and, and drops her into a chair. And he's like, uh, would you mind if, if my, my friend sits down for a second? And then he he turns, and, you know, he's smiling to the, it's a couple of people, like, partygoers yeah. just sitting at the table. And then he turns around and he goes, she's just dead. <laughs> like, he just deadpans as he turns away. Like, he's smiling. And he, he just flatlines. He leans forward, looks at the couple looks them right in the eyes and says, she's just dead. And then he just, like, <laughs> stares at both of them and then just backs away. Smiles slowly and backs. But yeah, it's just you the know, way then he, he just... Then he does that stupid thing in Goldfinger where he sees the, the Chinese guard outside <laughs> his cell and he smiles weirdly and then just, like, <laughs> drops himself to the floor. I want I want the, the horror movie that is... Uh, <laughs> Bond. Sean Connery is at, in a monster movie, but it's James Bond would be yes. delightful. I, I want I want the horror movie that is like a Bond esque character, but like they have supernatural powers. <laughs> Just sort of. What are you talking about? Bond has supernatural very, powers. Very very Friday the Thirteenth, but uh, or, or sorry, uh, Halloween I guess is what I'm going for. Anyway, um. Yeah, it, the way he delivers it is perfect. Uh, it, it, I was very upset when they shot because I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like they, you know, she was like, because for all the reasons you were saying that she was a really good character, I was like, "Ah, oh, like why would they kill her off?" Like she, that she was actually like providing some some sort of. She's the most interesting actions. person in the movie. Yeah, um, she's the most interesting girl Bond's interacted with by way of oh hey she called him out on it yeah on, on the fact that he's he the way he treats women. Um, and, but then that one-liner, I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you kind of earned it, I guess. I'm still upset, but I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was excellent. Fair. So is this, uh, as as we, we wrap up here, I don't know how much more, more stuff we, we want to cover, but just as a thought... Of of is this or is any of the the movies we've covered so far so far generally considered one of the the lesser Bond movies? Like, are they are they on the bottom of of fan favorite list, or are they all? Is that all from like the the late uh, Bond era uh, in terms of the the first run of movies? It's kind of changed with the times. I think for a while. Dr. No was just kind of like in the middle of the pack and all three of these were kind of upper tier. Um, okay. I think really just recently Thunderball has started to drop for some people. Because a lot of people hold it as it's one of their favorites. I don't understand. But whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, for the most part the, the early Connery movies. Really after this is kind of the turning point but these these are pretty, held in a pretty mm -hmm. high regard. 
Yeah. I'll have to do some some research on this. Well, that's the thing. The, the the Bond fan base is so varied just because there's been so many generations and it's gone through so many incarnations. Yeah. Um, and it's always constant. It's it's the difference between, like, Star Wars where you have, like, three distinct time periods mm-hmm. for which you would have people nostalgia. being fans yeah. of and that greatly affects their nostalgia. This one, it's just, like, there's there's a constant stream of Bond media and it's just kind of like you're probably most attached to what you grew up with but you also tend to like like you go back and you 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 look at it all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah. It's just No, I agree. That's it makes it so that they're like I feel like it's hard to have bond hot takes because I yeah. and I I also don't see as many hardcore bond fans as like you know, it's not something that comes up as much on you know on the internet or whatever. You yeah. know, it's it's and maybe for the same reason that there's so much bond that people are kind of like, yeah, we're 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 satisfied with all that content. Content, you know. And, yeah. And if you the people who get into it will will get into it, but like, it doesn't honestly incite if, people. If they were to say, hey, we're gonna stop making Bond movies after this next one, I'd be like, I'll be a little disappointed, but honestly, I'm fine with it because there's 25 movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> It it doesn't it doesn't instigate as much discussion as Star Wars or as superhero movies. Yeah. Um, part of which is that those are are things that are probably more in the cultural eye because those are are yeah all relate to big movies that have come out recently that a lot of people saw. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I th- I think it's it's unique and you there's not really another franchise that falls into the same area. In terms of both a being a very big franchise, but b having so many movies and having been going on for so long that nostalgia is just sort of unique to every single person. There's not like ah, oh, these are the people who liked the original trilogy, and these are the right. people who liked the prequels. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, a couple of last things I wanted to cover. Um, I love Q being out in the field. Even if he's yes, just there for a, a single scene, scene. Um, and I like Bond's reaction. Q just walks in, and Bond's just like, "Oh God!" Yeah. <laughs> and Q's just like, "I find this highly irregular." 007. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, once again, Q is not a real character in the books. He is called Major Boothroyd, and he shows up in a couple of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so they never introduce a Q. There's Q Branch. Okay. But Major Boothroyd is in charge of Q Branch. It is interesting that in this one, the the gadgets are still. We haven't gotten to like. This is definitely going to become particularly convenient for you. It's, well, it's this time just it's little... just like, oh hey, here's a Geiger counter because hey, you're you're looking for <laughs> nuclear weapons, and here's a rebreather like like a Phantom Menace be Jedi rebreather. Yes. Because hey, you're going to be underwater a lot, and you might need this in case somebody shoots your oxygen tanks with harpoons. <laughs> yeah I'm like um, I buy it <laughs> and I like how he, he's messing with the submarine the little mini submarine that he ends up using at the end of the movie yeah um, good stuff yeah not submarine I should say but it's like an underwater jetpack right <laughs> right um Q um like I said this might be my favorite Felix Leiter um mm-hmm. I don't know if it's so much performance. He felt very Clint Eastwood to me, like both in yeah. terms of looks and his voice. 
Uh, also, I feel like he's the closest in terms of appearance to how he's described in the books, at least of okay. the, the Felix Leiters we've had so far. Um, it is very strange that they pull a Dr. No and they have him there at the beginning of the mission. And it's just like, who's this guy? We don't know. And it's like, the audience doesn't know who that is. <laughs> it's because like you keep changing actors every yeah. single movie. Yeah. Even if you've seen the other movies, you're, you're not going to know. Ah, oh, yes, Felix, of course. I kind so, of love it, though. So Do like, they ever have Felix played by the same actor in two consecutive movies? Only for Casino Royale The Quantum. Okay. That's good. the only time we've had it for two I'm, consecutive movies. I'm, I'm happy about this. For most of the Roger Moore <laughs> movies, Felix Leiter is not present. Okay. Um, I just I just want to make sure that, that there's a new actor every time I see him. Yes. That'll make me happy. Yes. <laughs> I think the next time we see Felix is Diamonds Are Forever. So we don't see him for the next couple of movies. Okay. At least I'm pretty sure. Um... But yeah, that's that's kind of all I got to say. Um, once again, the underwater stuff is very boring and long, and this isn't the last time we have extended sequences of Bond just swimming underwater. Good. If they good. do that again in some other movies, I'm like, yeah, this oh, we is didn't, still boring. We didn't talk about the shark thing. Oh, yeah. I love the Palmyra sequence where the reason I really like it is because of a behind-the-scenes fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bond gets into a fight with one of the guards he gets caught they they throw themselves into the pool uh, Largo's like no I've got a better idea don't just shoot him um, so he, he locks the pool down he puts the metal grate over it and then he sends the sharks in when that first shark comes in that's Connery's genuine reaction mm-hmm. to a shark being less than a foot <laughs> away from him they, they, they surprised him they tricked him with that sure so when he he looks like he's genuinely freaking yeah. out, that's real. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'm just like, oh, way to endanger your actor. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I assume these sharks are are completely like docile in terms of. You never know. The sixties were a different time. Sure, that's that's possible. But um, yeah, it's pretty great. He he kills the guy, leaves him to it, it, he um. Yeah, he leaves him to to die so that the sharks will feast on him, and then he 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 escapes through the shark hatch. It's, it's a cool yeah. little set piece. And I like earlier the 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 other time we see the sharks. Uh, there's someone who, I, I it's the guy that Bond finds in the shower, which is another good little scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Felix first shows up, where Bond's... I like it when Bond just outsmarts people. He does that back at the health clinic too. Yeah, he he has where the that... guys behind the curtain and he grabs him. Like I like all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he um. He has a recorder, so he plays back the last few seconds, and then yeah. he, like he hears himself, and like that—that's a good vi- audio cue to uh, tell you that you know this was the, the guy's in still in the hotel room, right? And so then he like goes and he punches Felix to stop him from talking yeah. in the other room, and then and then comes back and he's like, uh, he he like throws the the thing and and knocks the guy with the the door and everything. It's a great little scene, and then he anyway he sends that guy back. And then that guy um, gets told by the uh, words. Um, the Largo basically uh, is like, "You failed me. Like you know, you 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 let Pawn send you back. Uh, you you let him beat you up, or whatever." 
and then he uh, throws the guy into the shark pit, and instead of them trying to do some sort of, like, blood effect, they just have the camera sitting under the water. You can see some of the sharks, and then it, the, the screen turns red. Right. Um, and I like that quite a bit. I, th- I think that, you know, considering they they have had mixed results with blood uh, effects in these movies and, like, that sort of thing, I, th- I think that was probably a fine choice to just be like, yeah, we're we're just going to do some a little bit of stylistic stuff here, and then we're not going to worry. Like, I don't know. I thought that was a neat choice. That was a neat, neat little shot. Yeah, that's fair. There's some creativity in this movie. There's some creativity. There's also a lot of weird technical issues, but whatever. There are. There are. Um. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to say, honestly, because cause like I said, I can't really pinpoint where the issues are. If it's if it's more on the producer side or if it's they got high off the success of Goldfinger, mm-hmm. and I think taking away inflation, this is the highest grossing Bond movie hmm. until Skyfall. Oh wow! Okay. When you adjust in, for inflation, I think so. Okay. Um, so this movie was huge, uh, and it just it it doesn't quite feel like a parody of Bond movies, but it's. We're getting close. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of surprised because I, I feel like this is actually a, a bit of a step back from Goldfinger in terms of that sort of intense, uh, the over-the-top, you know, kind of cartoonishness. Yeah. Um, I feel like this was a little more grounded. Uh, there There's a lot of silly stuff, but I think overall this felt a little more... Uh, and like I said earlier, it has it has more weight to it, um, and I was kind of impressed by that. A lot of it had to do, I think, with the look I was talking about earlier. Um, but the, I mean, there 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 isn't a lot in this that I'm. There, we just mentioned the one the one part where uh, I think it's Fiona has a shotgun bike, and she she blows up a, a car. That's yeah, I mentioned that, that earlier. Bonds. Oh, I can, okay, I completely missed that. And but she the, blows just, up the car. It's great. It, she just like shows up and then she like throws the the bike into the or the motorcycle into the into the lake. I don't know how like she the finds them there, or oh, how just... she manages to run into Bond after he like comes out of the water after first exploring the yacht. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just watching the movie. And Fiona just Volpe like... just shows up in places, and it's yeah, like, okay, like, she's cool. It's fine. What just happened? <laughs> what was that entire scene? Yeah. Um. But you know what? It was cool. I love it. Uh. But yeah, overall, I, I think that there is less of a silly feel to this. I, I feel like it's a little harder to parody this than Goldfinger. Um, I guess. I, I I do like the moment in terms of being a little bit cartoony where Bond is at Palmyra. And I just like a good Bond is awesome moment mm-hmm. um, where he... He's, he, you know, he has the shotgun. And he's like, "Oh, would you mind? Would you mind tossing one out for me?" And then they they shoot a disc out. And he's like, "Huh, I, I wonder how difficult it is to shoot." And then he just shoots like without aiming or anything. And he <laughs> and he shoots the disc, and it like it splinters yeah. apart. And he's like, "Ah, oh, it's not that difficult, is it?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, maybe it's all just because it's in one shot. But just Connery's movement and just how efficient he is, I, I mm-hmm. it was great. I was like, "That's mm-hmm. that's Bond." That's <laughs> Bond. Connery, I really like when he does the sort of uh, putting on a, a innocent face 
Yeah, uh, I think I think he does a really great job of, of of doing that. I don't know if he delineates between that and actual cold blooded killer Bond quite as well as he could. Yeah, but I think overall his his sort of. I think that's um, because he likes to inject a bit of humor into it. Yeah, he doesn't like to just play it all straight. Yeah, and he can he has a little more free reign to do stuff like that and to make it more comical when he's like ah the the audience knows that that Bond knows everything about the scene. Yeah, um, and he's playing with the villain or whoever it might be. It's my specter against your specter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. That that whole scene. I, also, I just enjoyed. just a gambling scene with Bond is always fun. Like, yep, yep. I like it. Um, the last thing we need to talk about is is the Nolan references and sure. I, the big thing is Skyhook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously Batman uses that to grab Lau and Dark Knight. They shoot the little parachute up, and then the the plane grabs it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they kind of fly away, and that's how this movie ends. Um, were there other moments that you noticed? That was really the only one that I was like, okay. Oh. Okay. Yep. Well, end of conversation then. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? Skyhooks. Oh my god. Skyhooks. I like the score overall. It was kind of... Yeah. It was over the top and very repetitive, but somehow yes. it kind of worked for the, the most part. Thir- the final act, there's this riff. It just keeps it's, repeating it just for like five playing. minutes. <laughs> oh, it's longer than five minutes. It's it's the it's basically the entirety of the underwater battle. It's just I do wonder how much more effective that fight would have been if there were no music, just all like underwater sounds or better music (laughs) (laughs) i like the score for the rest of the movie but that point i was just like are you it's still okay that's fine yeah um all right i i think i'm 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 ready to do grades are you here go for it what 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 did i give uh russia with love c plus okay interesting yeah i think i'm going c minus i'm also going c minus so (laughs) How did that conversation wrap around to we're giving it the same grade? <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of arguing. I, I enjoy this movie quite a bit, but it's very dumb. It's yeah. very dumb in boys. I, I found it just... Like I said, I, I I think the book just... Somehow, despite it being a book, it somehow streamlines the plot a lot more. There's just so sure. much less fat. Um, pretty much the only real thing of substance that this movie adds that I think makes it better than the book is Fiona Volpe right. um, pretty much everything else just just tugs away at the story's integrity <laughs> um, and then all the technical stuff it's it's rough it's a rough ride yep. um, and it's only going to get rougher from here <laughs> I, I did want to ask, is will we continue to get songs that are just basically the title of the movie being sung in some sort of uh, stylistic voice uh, as the chorus of the song? Is that, is that, is that what we're, we're in for, for for a while? Is there a point at which that stops? Does that stop next movie? Because, uh... You Only Live Twice uses this... It, it says the title of the movie a couple of times... Honor Majesty's Secret Service is just all score. There's no mm-hmm. lyrics. Okay. Um, Diamonds Are Forever is Shirley Bassey. So that's your, your next... You can see how it compares to Goldfinger. Okay. Um, 
Then Live and Let Die, the Paul McCartney song. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, Man with the Golden Gun is very much a we're gonna just scream Man with the Golden Gun. It's it's like like I think I said in a previous episode. I'm like a lot of people like to say that's one of the worst Bond themes. I'm like, have you listened to any of the Bond themes? <laughs> like they're all the same. <laughs> a good many of them are are they use the title good. of the song okay. over and over. I'm again. happy with this. Yes. I'm glad this is the case. I I tend to like the ones more that don't do that. Sure. Um, or the, the main focus isn't on the title of the of the mm-hmm. movie, but they somehow manage to weave it in. Like uh, for the the movie Spy Who Loved Me, the song's called Nobody Does It Better. But it, at one point in the lyrics, they say the Spy Who Loved Me. I'm like, all right, that works. Sounds good. You wouldn't have preferred the writings on the Spectre. God. <laughs> No thanks. No thanks. Um, but yeah, this is not one of my favorite Bond movies. Um, I think the problem is it's kind of in that that weird middle spot. Kind of like what you were saying where uh, it's very technically flawed. The story's very flawed, but it's not quite dumb enough to, to be like, right. oh, this is like so bad it's good. Like some of the yeah. other Bond movies. Yeah. <laughs> but like... It's it's right, it's just shy of being in the middle, and, and like that's that's where I feel like the most boring Bond movies tend to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's just me. Um. Yeah, that's all I got. Next week we'll be doing "You Only Live Twice," which, following the order of the books, it, <laughs> I believe Honor Majesty's Secret Service comes first. And then you only live twice, sure. and they switched it again. Um, and I think it's only because of Connery's desired shooting schedule and the locations they could get. Sure, they were ri- the next one after this movie was supposed to be on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and they ended up not going okay. with that because Connery was getting very frustrated at this point. So they were trying to appease <laughs> him. Beautiful. All right. Sign you can us find off. us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, and you can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You just search Here Come the Sequels. Correct. One of my solace today. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, the weird thing is now I'm, I'm slowly like building up my own like draft picks for for like just Bond characters I want brought back in some form or fashion I'm like bring back Red Grant bring back Karen Bay bring back Fiona Fiona Volpe like bring all these people back (laughs) I want it Thunderball and that's that's my review of Thunderball I agree (laughs) What is, and he strikes like thunderball. What does that even mean? Is it supposed to be like, uh, like a like a warhead? Is that is that what it is? That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe that was a more common term in the. Uh, I don't know. It's probably nonsense. It's probably nonsense. <laughs> We're not going to look it up. It's probably nonsense. That's, not going to look it up. Sounds no. good to us. Nope, not doing it. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, yeah, next time. You only live twice. 
same Bond time, same Bond channel, uh, artist subjective. Nothing is real. Thank you, and good night.